Sa gitna ng kabuluhan at tinig mo ay hanap Sa templo mong banal, may bago kang alakan Ang tanging mananatili ay ang iyong sinabi I hope you got encouraged by that video about Good News 2020. And so let's not stop in proclaiming the good news and demonstrating the goodness of God in our lives. You know, I've realized this, that as we hear about this good news and we watch this video about how Victory Group leaders respond, how a church responds to the needs of others, I realize this, that we begin to appreciate the good news when we experience the bad news. For some reason, the efforts, no matter how small it is, now we actually appreciate it more. Why? Because we have actually experienced the bad news. You know, the bad news for all of us is that we are going through this uh, COVID-19 virus, not only here in our nation, but actually around the world. And if we have realized one thing about this bad news is, is that we live in a new world. We live in a whole new world. And it's not a dazzling place that we can experience. It's, it's something that changes our beings. It's something that changes the way we live. And I've realized this, that the world that we live in now has forced us to do a lot of things. I actually have started uh, watching exercise videos for the past few weeks. No? And I realized this, it has no effect in my life. I just watch it and I don't uh, get tired of watching it. No matter how much I watch it, it's the same way. 
uh, I've realized also that I have actually learned to focus more during this time of quarantine. I've focused an hour to two hours a day to focus in reading. Unfortunately, not books. Uh, as you watch Korean dramas, and I know all of you can relate to this, iba yung focus natin now when we watch it. Why? We get to read it. We get to speed read now and we get to appreciate it more. You know, this new world that we live in is actually changing our way of life. And this is what we call now the new norm or the new normal. We try to cope the best way we can. Nag-iiba po yung mundo natin, but we make sure that we also uh, not only reject it, but actually embrace it or modify it. You know, napansin ko, no, whenever I go down our, um, because we live in a condo, whenever I go down before, the elevator uh, uh, manages the people who can fit in an elevator based on the weight. Pag sobrang dami, tutunog. But now, it's based on distance. There's a capacity. Even the work of guards has evolved. Dati, nagbabag check. Ngayon, they do temperature check. You know, we morph, we embrace, and sometimes we reject the new normal in our lives because of the situation. But the reality is, it's easy if it's about the mundane things, the regular things, the things that uh, we can easily accept the way we do life, the way we do grocery has changed, the way we spend time, the way we go out, very limited. We can actually embrace that. But my question is this, for the special things in our lives, for birthdays, how do we embrace that new normal? What is the picture of the new normal? Have you pictured your Christmas this way in major events? You know, as a nation, I believe that we are actually entering into a different kind of normal. A new normal. Why? Because today is the start of the Holy Week. It's Palm Sunday. You know, 80 million Filipinos celebrate Holy Week every year. And today, as we start uh, Holy Week, it's also a time to reflect. How will my Holy Week be? What is the new normal of my Holy Week? Some of you might say, I won't be able to celebrate Holy Week. Why? Because I'm stuck at home. Holy Week for us is getting out of town. Holy Week for us is going to reunions or visiting new places or traveling around the world. And so, probably for you, it's a new normal not to celebrate Holy Week. But the reality is this, and this is what I want to share with you, that we can actually experience the best kind of Holy Week in our lives in this season. This new normal is forcing us to focus on what really matters about the Holy Week. You know, as people of God, we can actually celebrate this kind of Holy Week, the best kind of Holy Week. And this is what we will go through today. It might be our new normal, but at the same time, let's allow God to share to us what it really means to celebrate this Holy Week. We're actually starting a new series, Church, for the next three weeks. No? And I hope you guys still tune in. The title of our new series is A New Hope. That we know this, that the coming of Jesus, that the fulfillment of his three years of ministry would be his arrival in Jerusalem, that when he would actually be arrested, he would be crucified, he would die and be raised again. And this brings us hope. But I believe today as we start this new series, let's allow God to minister to us in how to prepare for the new week ahead or the Holy Week that we will be celebrating. And we will go through um, 
14 verses today, and the book that we will go through is from Dr. Luke, the Gospel through uh, Luke in chapter 19, verse 30 to 44. We're going to go through 14 verses. At first, no, sabi ko, baka it's too long, we won't be able to focus. But the reality is, I believe that all of us now can focus on reading long text as we watch all these uh, subtitles. And so I want you guys now to focus on the text that we will show you. But if you have your Bibles, please open your Bibles to Luke chapter 19 and we will start with verse 30 and go through verse 30 to 44. And this is the story of the triumphal entry of Jesus to Jerusalem. What was happening? You know, this is uh, what was happening during this time. Jesus has fed 5,000. He did it once again. And so the crowds were following. He has healed a lot of people. They know him. They know what he can do. Jesus actually has cast out demons. He has preached in temples. He has preached in the mountains. And so he had the following. He had multitudes of disciples during this time. And now to fulfill, and just like what I've said a while ago, to fulfill the reason why he came in flesh, God in flesh, was now to go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place of God, the dwelling place of God. And it starts by entering once again as he enters the place called Jerusalem. So verse 30, it says here, we're going to start here. He enters Jerusalem and before that, he prepares his disciples. Verse 30 says, Go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. What was happening here? Jesus tells two of his disciples and says, go and get a colt. What is a colt? It's actually a donkey, a domesticated kind of horse, a smaller horse. And he now tells them to go and get this colt in a nearby place. Verse 32, it says, So those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them. Jesus was also showing that he is all-knowing. He knows what will happen and he even knows uh, what his disciples need to say. Verse 33 says, And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, just like what Jesus said, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. Question for all of us today. Would you actually do it? Would you actually follow Jesus' instructions? You know, uh, I was going through this uh, text and I was uh, thinking, Lord, susundin ko ba yun? Kung ako yun? Eh, paano kung sabihin nila nagnanakaw ako ng colt or ng donkey? What would I feel? Di ba awkward yun? Why would I do it? And I realized this, the human as we are or the nature, the sinful nature as we are, is that we would only do something uncomfortable if the gain is much more than the task. We would actually do something beyond our control that, is, that will put us in a compromising situation, that will put us in a place where it's unnatural for us if we know that we can get something out of it. You know, I realized this, that we are people who are after things first before we do something for others. Verse 35, And they brought it to Jesus, 
and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it in verse 36, and as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. What was happening? Not only did they follow Jesus to get the colt, wala na silang benefit dito. Not only that, they actually put their clothes. What, what are clothes? It's a, it's a garment during the time of uh, Jesus where they would actually use it for uh, protection from the weather. And it's part of their um, uh, daily fashion. So what did they do? They actually put it on the donkey. Imagine, no? Siyempre, may amoy yan, And they would still do that and choose. Jesus did not say this, but they chose to do it. They put it on the colt so that it would be more honorable for Jesus to sit on it. Not only that, the Bible also tells us that they put it on the ground. They made their own red carpet made out of their cloaks. They put it on the ground so that every step of the horse or the donkey would walk on their colt. It was a picture of giving more than is required. It was a picture of selflessness. It was a picture of honor to be given to Jesus. You know, as we celebrate or as we start this Holy Week, this is what I realized, that the Holy Week has been about where we should go, that the Holy Week is about the best vacation that we could get, that the Holy Week is about uh, traveling, that the Holy Week is about uh, getting what we want, the much-needed rest or retreat. You know, when I was uh, younger, I realized this, that malls were actually closed during Holy Week. But now, they actually operate even on Thursdays and Fridays. Why? Because it's giving what people want. It's all about what we want. It's a consumer mindset that we have, that the Holy Week is about getting what we want. But there is also another extreme in our nation. And this is, I found this article, uh, an article last year, which says Filipino penitents atone for their sins on Holy Week. They try to do something for God to forgive them. They would actually act as uh, Jesus and what he went through, carrying that cross, being lashed at the back. But I also realized this, you know, as people uh, focus themselves on what they want, on what they want to get or what they want to experience on Holy Week, the people who decide to do this, the other extreme, also are doing it for themselves. It's all about us and what we want. It's all about what we need. It's all about our experience, that emotional high, that Holy Week is a time to recharge our spiritual muscles and then just go back to God on December. But the reality is this. It's not about us. Holy Week is never about us. Tap the person beside you. Yan, yung katabi mo ngayon. Yan, nasa upo. Yan. Sabi mo sa kanya, it's not about you. It was never meant to be about us. You know, this time as we enter Holy Week, it's a reminder for us that it's never about us. The Holy Week was not made for our lives. The Holy Week was uh, not made for us to have that experience or to, for us to do what we want. And that's why I believe that we might actually experience the best whole week ever in our lives in this situation today. As we continue, it's a good reminder. It's not about us. And so we should stop saying this or asking this. What's in it for me? Why am I going through Holy Week? What will I gain as I go through Holy Week? You know, 
the first thing that we need to do to experience that best Holy Week ever in our lives is number one is this, is to shift our focus from ourselves and shift it to Jesus. The right focus leads us to the right direction. It's not about us. The Holy Week is about Jesus, what He has done, His ministry, and His life as He fulfills His mission on earth. Who is our focus today? You know, it's easy to determine where our focus is in our lives. Imagine today, or give time to reflect, when you pray, how much of our prayer is about others? How much of our prayer is about asking God for instructions for us to do something for others? I realize this, that a lot of times we pray for what we need. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need you to rescue me. Lord, I need you to provide for me. And that's good. But at the same time, it reminds us that our focus is all about us. You know, our relationship with God is not only for us. It's meant to be a blessing to others. When was the last time you asked God, Lord, how can I be a blessing to the people out there? How can you use me for your glory? It's not about us. It's about Jesus. As we continue, in verse 37, it says here, And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Verse 38, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The disciples were excited. They were celebrating. They were worshiping. That's why they got palm branches. They were waving it to everywhere. They were putting their cloaks. It was a time of celebration. It was a time of worship and praise to the Lord. They were in, in a different um, account in the book of John. They were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. It's a time of celebration as they have received the return of the king. Imagine, now the king of kings, Jesus, the Messiah, now returns to his throne, the place of God in Jerusalem. What is our posture as we go to God today? As we go through this worship today, is it just like the multitudes that Luke was describing? Are we excited? Are we celebrating the goodness of God? Are we celebrating and worshiping His faithfulness? How did we respond when we worship before we went to our Word today? Were we focused? Are we raising our hands? Are we rejoicing in His faithfulness? You know, as we, and I observe this, when we are in church, we raise our hands, we worship Him, we feel His presence. But I believe because we worship a king, a God who is living and active, that he can be there in your, house, in your homes today. And so if we are raising our hands and worshiping him and kneeling down in church, it has to be the same where you are. Why? Because he is a God who sees and knows and he is worthy of our praise. What is the posture of our hearts today? You know, as we enter Holy Week, we have to remind ourselves of who Jesus is because He is the King of Kings 
that we praise and worship. And we should start that in our lives today. What is the posture of our hearts? You know, the disciples experienced Him. The disciples saw the miracles. The disciples received healing. The disciples uh, not only saw Him, he, they, Jesus taught them and they learned so much. And that's why they were in, in celebration of His coming. My question for each and every one of us today is this. Who is Jesus in your life today? I want to focus on this question. And so, I'm going to put that there for, uh, for just a moment. Who is Jesus in your life today? Try to answer that. Because who Jesus is reveals the posture of our hearts. Is Jesus someone who we follow? Is Jesus someone that we devote our time to? Is Jesus someone who leads us? Is He giving you peace today in your situation? Is He the provider of your life today? Is He the one protecting you in your life today? Or is He just someone that you just go to when you are desperate? Is Jesus just someone that you pray to for the sake of praying? Is Jesus someone as a requirement that you only go to because people say we need to? Or is Jesus personal? that you can actually say, He is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of giving up everything that I have and worshiping Him. As we enter the Holy Week, this is my prayer, that by faith, Jesus will reveal Himself faithful to you. Who He is in the stories of the Bible, that He is the all-powerful God, and that He is concerned, and He can do and save us and intervene with us. You know, God that we serve is not a God who only hears, but the God that we worship is a God who can actually intervene and do things in our life. He is still a way maker, a miracle worker in our lives today. As we continue, verse 39, it says here, And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, Rebuke your disciples, the Pharisees, the people who know it all. Sabi niya, wag mo gawin. Sabi mo sa kanila, hindi ganyan yan. That's not the way to do it. You're not allowed to do it. Maingay. The Pharisees, people who know it all. We talked about this last week. They are people who actually have studied the Word of God through the Torah. They, they know the ins and outs. They memorized it. And imagine, they were talking to Jesus, the Son of God, and they were saying, don't do that. Marunong pa sila kay Lord. You know, some actually live in a life as they celebrate Holy Week full of external things, full of traditions. You know, traditions are good if we know the heart of it. I realize this, that we can change the inside if we only do the outside things. And so what are the traditions that we normally do? Just like what the Pharisees were saying, Oy, wag mong gawin yan, bawal yan, hindi ganyan yan. As people of God and as Christians in this nation, in the Philippines, we actually can recall today a lot of the traditions that we've been living out all throughout the years. And what are those? You remember when we were young, diba? Sabihin nila, Uy, bawal mag-ingay. Patay si Jesus. Ano pa? Bawal maging masaya. Or uh, bawal masugatan. Or bawal mag-celebrate. Kasi it's Friday. Hindi pa siya na nabubuhay. No? It's all about traditions and it's all about the external things. But the reality is this, even 
as someone who tries to follow these traditions, we know that deep inside, it's not our internal reality. We just force ourselves to do it. Why? Because people are saying we need to do it. But I hope you know that as we celebrate Holy Week and as you prepare to enter to the Holy Week, Holy Week starting today, this is my reminder and encouragement that Holy Week is not a change of emotions based on the day. It's not about, Nako, Thursday, kailangan malungkot ako. Nako, ganito na, masusugatan na siya. He is whipped, baka hindi ako maggumaling pag nadapa ako. The Holy Week is not a change of emotion and the change of uh, attitude depending on the day. But every day of the Holy Week, starting today, is a privilege and opportunity for us to go back and worship Him. That all throughout the ministry of Jesus, as He enters Jerusalem, today we can celebrate that God is a God who actually has the intention to go back to the throne. And so we worship Him. And so as we go through the week, as we experience what is happening, and I pray that you study Scripture, you know, in the four accounts of the Gospel, we will see the entire picture of Him, His life, His death, His resurrection. And so as we progress in this Holy Week, my prayer is this, that when we go through the days that He will suffer, that at the end of the day, we can say, Lord, I will worship you today. Because the life that you live, I should have lived. The whipping, the scourging, ako dapat yun, that's my penalty. And so as we go through the emotions, I hope in the end, it's still saying, Lord, you are good. That you actually did this in behalf of us. As he went through that pain and as he was nailed on the cross, not only do we experience the sadness, but at the end of the day, it's an experience to say, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I pray that I will relive this moment when you first encountered me and I can say, Lord, that you died for me. That I have received you in my life. And so the Holy Week really is an opportunity to go back to Him and worship Him more and more every day as we go until Sunday. And this is the posture of our lives. That we can actually experience Holy Week all throughout the year as we worship His faithfulness and His goodness. And that's why verse 40 says, he answered. Sinabihan niya yung mga Pharisees, no? After sabihin, Lord, wag mo gawin yan. Jesus said, I tell you, if there were silent, the very stones would cry out. What was Jesus saying? What Jesus was saying, if they would be actually quiet, the stones would actually do the worship in behalf of them. Why? Because purpose of man is to really worship him. The reason why we are created in the image and likeness of God, one major reason is to really go back to Him and fellowship with Him and worship Him, the one true King. Uh, Westminster Confession of Faith of 1947 was a consensus. What happened was for a year, there were 150 theologians who came together and they were talking about uh, why are we professing our faith? And so in that consensus, they came up with one summary of a, a, of a life of a believer and why 
we exist and why we are here to worship God. And this is what they said in their summary. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. I'm going to read that again. Man's chief end, the purpose of man, the reason of being of man is to glorify God or to worship Him, to sing praises to Him and enjoy Him forever. Who is the object of your worship today? When we say worship, we feel like it's singing praises to Him. But the reality is the reflection of our daily lives will show who or what we worship. What consumes us is what we worship. Who is your object of worship today? Is it your career? That today you don't know what will happen? That today you're not sure after the quarantine if you still have it? Are you consumed by this? Is this your worship? Is it your business? Is it your bank account? Is it your relationships? Is it your hobbies? Your collections? What is the object of our worship today? You know, no matter what we do, it will be never enough. You know, man was not created to worship himself. And that's why it doesn't really matter if you have one million followers in social media. In the end, it's not about worshiping ourselves. Or it's not about people asking to worship us. We are actually made to worship God and enjoy Him forever. And so as we prepare ourselves for this Holy Week, as we wanting to experience the best Holy Week in our lives, this is what I want to share with you today. We are called to worship God. And so not only do we focus back our lives to God from ourselves, of too much of what we want and what we need, we focus back on Jesus, we also now worship Him. Starting today, change your focus to God. Worship Him for who He is. You know, read His story. We have so much time to read the goodness of God. We have so much promises to claim and that we can go back to worship Him. And this is the best time to do it while we are in the comforts of our home. As we continue, verse 41, it says, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Ano nangyari? He was on the cot or donkey entering. Everyone was uh, celebrating. Everyone was excited. They were praising him. Hosanna. The king has come. Para siyang scene from the Lord of the Rings, di ba? They were focused on him rescuing them, the people of God. But Jesus, in verse 41, says, as he came closer, he began to weep. You know, the word here, to weep, was um, an experience of God two times in the account of John. First was when his friend Lazarus died. Although Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, you have to understand, he still wept. He felt that anguish. He felt that pain because he loved his friend. And the second account is this, that as he enters, as he is now being praised as the Messiah and the King, he begins to weep, crying out loud, lamenting in anguish or in pain, emotional pain. Verse 42 says, 
How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace. But now it is too late and the peace is hidden from your eyes. They were expecting a different kind of king. And that's why for Jesus, sabi niya, no, how I wish you would accept me for who I really am. They were expecting a different kind of king that would overthrow the Roman Empire. They were people who were conquered by this nation and so they are in bondage. Wala asing lang magawa. And so as people of God, sabi nila, ito na, dumating na si Jesus, the, the one who will overthrow them and now who will sit on the throne. They will drive out all the Romans and Jerusalem will now be restored. They had this in mind, a political kind of king. But Jesus came as a different kind of king. They had an expectation, but the reality was different. You know, today, even as we go through this um, concerns in virus, I found this article very interesting in Rappler that says this, As world battles coronavirus, governments under fire. Not only in our country and or in our nation that we... Uh, that people are actually uh, angry about the decisions or about the way of handling this virus. They would speak out. I would see posts in Facebook about presidents in the U.S. and in Italy or wherever. And that's why we are in a time where we want to swap mayors. We want to swap this mayor for a better mayor as if it's an NBA trade or a draft. You know, as I was thinking about this passage and I was going through this news, I realized this. We as people know so much. We actually feel like we know better than our president. We know better than world leaders. You know, we're not here to bash them. We're actually here to honor them. Regardless of their um, way of doing things, we as people are here to honor. Why? Because God has appointed them. We have to understand that we are not people who know better. And it actually makes us reflect today. Minsan, no? We want Jesus as King, but we want Him to do it our way. Lord, ganito mo i-save yung mga kamag-anak. Kailangan by tomorrow. Ito yung way, ha? Para makita nila talaga. Miracle talaga. You know, sometimes we are people who want Him as a King, but we want to dictate the way of His healing, the way of His breakthrough, the way of His miracles. We want Him to be King, but at the same time, we want to influence Him on how to do things. But Jesus is a different kind of King. He went here to do it differently. And that's why He was weeping, He was crying. Why? Because the peace that He was giving you have to understand, no? ganito kasi yung peace sa picture ng mga Jewish people noon. Peace was the absence of chaos. So for them, kailangan tanggalin ni Lord lahat ng issue so that they will have peace. But the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is the peace that can exist even in the most chaotic time in our lives. There's a gap. Jesus came as a different kind of king. A king who would serve a king who would love, a king who would actually die for your sins and mine. It's a picture of the cross. A servant king who would do things for us. 
And that is not bound by one term. That is not bound by a lifetime of a human. It's actually for eternity. It has no limit. It starts from the beginning until the end. God is the Alpha and the Omega. And so the peace that he was bringing in was a peace not only for this lifetime, but for our eternity. There was a gap, a different kind of king. Jesus was coming in a different kind, a servant king. And so they missed it. And that's why he was um, sad about it. He was weeping. And because they missed it, judgment came. Verse 43 says, For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in every side. He was talking about uh, what will happen in 70 AD. We will, we, we will uh, know this as you study history. You would see the first Jewish revolt where the temple of Jerusalem that was created by uh, the people of God was destructed. It was destroyed. And the people of God or, their, or the Jewish people were actually killed. They were cast out. And it was one of the most trying times of the history of the Jewish people. And Jesus was also showing that he knows what would happen. He is an all-knowing and all-powerful God. And that's why he was weeping. Why? Because they missed it. They missed out on the visitation of God. Verse 44, it tells us more about that. It says, And tear down to the ground and you and your children within you and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. They rejected the king that came. They rejected what Jesus had to offer. Imagine this, no? The people of God who were shouting, who were waving their palm branches, the people of God who were devoting themselves in worship and shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna in the eyes! The King has come! They were also the same people after a few days who were shouting, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! They rejected Jesus for what He came for, for what He was about to do. Sad reality is, people actually change their minds. They said yes once, and eventually they rejected him. You know, I hope that as we focus on Jesus during this time of holy, as we worship him, it's also a time for us to be reminded that it is his visitation in our lives. Let's go back to how God showed himself to us, how he visited us. The word visitation here is a term that is only used for God visiting or encountering people. It's an ordained, an, a, a holy moment with the Lord. And so, not only do we remind ourselves that we need to worship God for who He is, it's also a time for us to be reminded that Holy Week is a time to reflect on how God visited us in a very personal way. So the question today is, are we still accepting Jesus or do we choose to reject Him? 
when we say the word reject, it's not that you will go out and shout crucify him. It's not that we will disown him, that we will put it on Facebook that you don't believe him. To reject God or to reject Jesus is to actually do things your way. You know, when we encounter God and when we say we accept him or we receive him for who he really is, what we are saying is that he is the Lord of our lives. You know, in Victory, we've said this a million times. When I was a new believer, I've heard this. And until today, we are preaching this. That if He is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all. When Jesus offered that gift to us of salvation, not only is He a Savior, He is also a Lord. And that's why I remember the story of the pastor who see one person from his congregation that every Sunday he would actually respond to an altar call. The altar call is where we, where we um, preach the gospel and we ask people to receive him as our Lord and Savior. But there is this one person who would actually raise his hand and receive Jesus, who would go up front and say, Lord, save me. I receive you. And so every week he does this. And so the pastor wanted to check if he didn't get it or if there might be a something to be clarified and so when he asked this man the man said i need jesus to save me from my situation and so the pastor said diba we did that last week diba you already did that for some reason he would always say this no sabi nung guy but i still need him to save me for some divine moment the pastor given a word from the holy spirit learned this that this man was responding to Jesus as a Savior every week because he was not responding to receive Jesus as his Lord. He needs saving every week. Why? Because he was still doing his way of life. When we say we accept Jesus, not only as a Savior for our sins, but also as a Lord, it goes hand in hand. We can't just choose one. We can't just ask Him to save us and continue to do the way we do our lives. We accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so as we prepare for the best Holy Week that we could, be, we could experience today, this is my reminder and encouragement to you. That Holy Week reminds us that Jesus is both Lord and Savior. Are you willing to follow Him? Are you willing to make Jesus the king of your life? Are you willing to accept him as the ruler of your life? You know, I realized this, that I used to be the king of my life before encountering Jesus. And no matter how I try to fix my issues, I end up breaking those issues more. No matter how I try to fix my life, I end up ruining it more. And it's a reminder that we need not only a Savior, but a Lord to tell us how to live our lives. I'm going to share with you uh, a verse found in Matthew on who Jesus is as a king in our lives. And may this be an encouragement to you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls.
For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This is the kind of king Jesus is. That as he does life with us, as he tells us what to do, he's a God who helps us. He's a God who takes away our burden. He's a God who gives us rest, gives us peace, gives us life. This is a God worth worshiping. And this is a God worth surrendering our lives to. I'm going to end with this question. Is Jesus the ruler of your life? Is Jesus worthy of your worship and praise? How do you see Jesus today? Go back to Him. Focus on Jesus. Worship Jesus and make Jesus the ruler, the Lord of your lives today. You know, as we end this service, this is a perfect time for us to remember what Jesus has done on the cross. And I'm going to pray, and then we will partake of our communion. So prepare your elements, your bread, and your juice as we remember the goodness and faithfulness of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are God who hears and knows what we are going through today. So Lord, fix our eyes, our heart, and our mind on you and you alone. Lord, allow us to embrace you as the king of our lives today. Lord, allow us to focus our lives as a worship upon you. Lord, thank you that you will do your work today. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.